I mean, okay, let's face it. When pastor's away, you expect some form of joke or goofiness out of me. Um, and for those of you, it always seems like this weekend is always the weekend when I wind up preaching. Pastor is always, which is fine. I mean, it's, the guy never goes away hardly ever as it is. You know, and they never take, so we have a wonderful pastor, but you just he expects some, I get some slack. You know what I'm saying? For those of you who ever, you know, understand the whole idea of horses and animals, there's a little bit of slack in the line for Brad. So, you know, I, I he expects such things. Uh, Cassie, my friend, if you will put up on there. Uh, you remember last year I shared with you Martha Stewart's calendar? If anybody remembers last year at this time of year, I shared with you Martha Stewart's calendar, yes, no? You remember some of the crazy stuff on there. Cass, will you put the first page up? Thank you. All right, so this is a small portion. I want you to know that Martha Stewart scaled back this Christmas. Apparently, even the economy has really affected Martha, where maybe she's just not as organized as she used to be, because last year, I remember there was even a thing about ironing the linens for the table. Do you remember that? She actually had picked out a day on her calendar to iron her linens for her table. So I don't know if, if Martha is cutting back because of the economy or if she's getting lazy, but let's face it, who does holiday pressure fall on? Let's be honest, women, okay? You know, it's the honest guy that can admit it, all right? A lot of the holiday, we guys do share a little bit of the pressure too, though. I got it. Okay, maybe not, but anyhow. um, Now, how much of this holiday pressure do we put upon ourselves? I got into, okay, you know what, I'll... You always expect me to launch off topic. Um, I have a friend that works at Sheets here in Wimber, Sally Gephardt. If anybody knows Sally, she's just a, just a dear, sweet lady. I was talking to her, and we were talking. It was on Friday. We were talking about Thanksgiving, and uh, one of her coworkers said, I can't wait till I, I was asking my kids when we get to have Thanksgiving at one of their houses. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to give up Thanksgiving, having it at your house, and have it at well, no, none of them can cook. I said, see? So I was kind of, I was teasing. It was teasing, I, I want you to know. But I wonder, friends, how much sometimes some of the holiday pressure that we put on ourselves is what we put on ourselves. And so anyhow, um, just a few things for, for your amusement this morning. Um, today is the 28th, by the way. Today, Martha is making her Advent calendar. Um, in case any of you don't know what an Advent calendar is or has never made one, you know, the little cute little calendar like every day starting at Christmas on the 1st of December rather you know you start opening one for each day and sometimes they make them with little treats a little candy for the kids you know and it's a countdown till Christmas Eve Um, my great aunt always made ones with Tootsie Rolls and there was a little bell at the bottom and there was a little cute little poem that you know something about take a piece of candy every night when you reach the bell at the bottom it's Christmas Eve and so anyhow but Martha is making her advent calendar today um, tomorrow, Martha will be choosing photos for her Christmas cards, so um, if you haven't done that, take notes. Um, and she'll be updating her Christmas card mailing list tomorrow. Um, and then Tuesday, Martha will be making handmade gifts uh, to give to all of her friends and family. So um, I, hope, I hope you're all caught up. Um, the 1st of December, obviously, Martha brings out the Advent calendar that she made, and she'll be mailing her party invitations. Uh, the 4th of December, that's Saturday, is uh, hanging wreaths, uh, replenished wrapping supplies. You can see December 8th, she'll be making stockings, that's uh, next Monday, um, and donating clothes to charity. Mailing gifts to faraway friends on the 10th, making holiday donations. 
The 11th, Martha will be picking out a Christmas tree and taking ornaments out of storage. I want you to know that Stephanie is ahead of Martha Stewart, okay? She is ahead of the curve. Uh, how about the, okay, oh, we're, we're up now. Uh, the 12th, she'll be decorating the tree once again. Stephanie, I'm proud of you. Martha Stewart ain't got nothing on you. Um, the 13th, she'll be decorating the house, finishing up, and picking up fresh fruit for her displays. So um, for all of you, if you're fresh fruit displays, um, please uh, be aware. And also, the one farmer's market's closed now, so you'll have to get it at the regular supermarket. Um, addressing and mailing cards, making and freezing cooking dough, uh, wrapping gifts, making donations to charities, baking cookies. Oh, yes, and the 18th of December, don't forget to pet-proof your house. That's in case you have visiting relatives who are bringing pets in, you know, and we need to make sure that those dogs and or cats are safe. I didn't make this up, okay? Yes, I am sort of picking a little bit of fun at Martha, but I, I, I just think this is great. But this is nothing compared to last year's calendar, I promise you. Um, finalizing the menu on the 19th for Christmas Day dinner, um, delivering boxed sweets. Uh, yes, December 21st, sweeping pine needles. Who has leaves that need raked yet? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? And uh, uh, is there one more page? Yes. Buying last-minute gifts on the 22nd. Choosing your linens. She's not ironing, apparently, this year. Um, filling stockings on the 24th and setting the table. And the 25th, she will be enjoying Christmas. So, I'm sorry. I really had to share that. And so, sometimes I tell jokes that are not so funny. But um, sometimes there's humor in the real stuff, isn't there? So, Thanksgiving has passed, and we're thinking about Christmas, all right? Maybe not everybody's thinking about Christmas, but a lot of people are thinking about Christmas. So, let me ask you a question. What do you want for Christmas? A car. A car. Well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a little birdie will tell mom and dad. Um, <clears throat> what do we want for Christmas this year, friends? A house. Money. Brian's very vocal. Yes. Peace. Or as my dad used to say, a little peace and quiet. <laughs> but we, we, have, we, have, we have things we want. I mean, you know, do you th- all right. Can I share with you a little bit of my childhood, which I may have already? Um, There was one particular Christmas. I must have been, I don't know, maybe eight, maybe nine years old, somewhere around that. Um, There was one thing that I really wanted for Christmas, and my best friend Chris Westover had one, and I wanted it. Cassie, will you put it up there? One Christmas, I'm telling you, I was so focused. I wanted Hungry Hungry Hippos. Anybody ever played Hungry Hungry Hippos? Yes. Do you know that that Christmas, I got busted peeking? (laughs) That was in the pile, and it wound up going back to the store. (laughs) Again, I'm not making this up. There is is humor in the real stuff in life, so uh, anyhow... We made sure our kids had it, didn't we? Yeah, so we, uh, <clears throat> I got to play with it then. 
I was busted. There was just no way to get around it, and mom took it back. Um, how sad, right? Who's ever seen the movie A Christmas Story? All right, Cass, go ahead. <laughs> Do you remember what did Ralphie want? A Red Rider BB gun with, uh, what was it, carb, carb? Carbine action with what? Compass in the stock. What's that? Oh, yeah. It was, uh... <laughs> yes, and what was everybody's response? You'll shoot your eye out. Yes. That was all Ralphie wanted for Christmas was the Red Rider BB gun. Ralphie was obsessive over the Red Rider BB gun. Ralphie would daydream in class over the Red Rider BB gun. Remember him with, the, with all the villains coming through the, uh, coming through the schoolyard, and, or was it the house yard, and he was defending his family. Um, there's good material in there, but we'll move along. But that's all Ralphie wanted for Christmas was the Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> so I'll ask you again, what do you want for Christmas? Um, It's funny how our desires and wants change as we get older, isn't it? You know, um, whereas once upon a time we may have been extremely focused on things such as hungry, hungry hippos. Um, honestly, I really don't want hungry, hungry hippos anymore. Um, I'm over it. Um, but but our desires do change as we get older. And there's things that we desire, and we, we, um, we, we, we wish for certain things. Um, you know, peace. A little bit of peace sometimes is all we want. Uh, sometimes it might be, uh, uh, sometimes it might be peace in a family situation, you know, and I'm not implying anything or anywhere. I'm just saying sometimes in, 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 we just want, uh, you know, sometimes we just think, wouldn't it be nice to have an old-fashioned, romantic Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Just a quiet Christmas Eve at home with your family, or spend at church, or a quiet Christmas day, the, you know, and our desires change, you know? In the, in the hustle and bustle of life, sometimes all we want is a day off away from things. Something perhaps a little different. Nothing so, you know, outlandish as Hungry Hungry Hippos or a Red Rider BB gun. But our desires change as we move along and as we grow in life. And yes, there are toys that I would like to have and toys that I sometimes dream of. The unfortunate part in life is we get older, the toys get more expensive, don't they? What consumes our thoughts and our dreams? Um, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 19. I have my NIV Bible in front of me, but up here is the message version. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, His generosity exceeding even yours and the glory that pours from Jesus. It goes without saying that almost everyone is wanting something, right? How often does your phone ring? Somebody wants something. There's a passage in Psalms that says that even as a deer pants after water, so that we also should long after God. 
Uh, the psalmist said, I pant after you, Lord. Isaiah said, why do you spend money on things that aren't bread? And why do you labor for things that don't satisfy? So think about this for a second. What is it that people really want? And just how important are these things anyhow? Okay? So I made a list here this morning. I have a little list um, that I'd like to go through things that people want and or need. Okay? So uh, the first of all is, cast food, right? Food. People are concerned about food. Now, that doesn't come as any great surprise, and it's one of those things that uh, if we don't, when we think about once, um, it probably wouldn't be up on the top of our list because it's more of a need thing that we have to have all the time. Okay? But we want, we need food throughout the day. Hunger can cause pain beyond description. But the thing is, most of us here can't even imagine the pain of that because we've never been really hungry. I mean, truly hungry having gone days or weeks or months or years without some form of regular sustenance. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine it myself, okay? And yes, there's people in the world, lots of money is spent towards constant dieting and people thinking that they're hungry, but there's no comparison. I mean, we eat regularly and we go to bed usually having had plenty to eat. But yet we're told that half the world is starving. And even in this land of plenty, there are people always asking for food. Okay? People will do almost anything to satisfy hunger. I'm talking real food hunger. Go to the Old Testament. Um, whenever the famine came in and uh, uh, Joseph had convinced Pharaoh to store up food and the seven years of famine had come through, only Pharaoh had food stored up for that. People were willing to sell their property. People were willing to sell their lives, their clothing, anything they had, possessions for food. Do you remember what happened after Jesus fed the multitudes in Matthew? After He fed the crowd, the mob, they wanted to make Him king just because He was able to feed them the poor who had nothing. They wanted a king who could always miraculously give them food to eat. Jesus can supply all of our needs, but Jesus is especially concerned about our eternal needs. Okay? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. People have wants. People want knowledge. People want information. There are companies built all around the whole concept of knowledge and information. Last night, um, Steph and I were at a, a friend of hers' house uh, working on her computer, and I was, they were having trouble with their computer. It was bogged down. It was really slow. They were getting all these pop-ups, and so we added some RAM to the computer, and we went through removing some programs, and some things were running in the background. And there's a company, which I'm sure you've all heard of, and I, that, um, that's been very popular recently in the news, that has, it's a search engine, and I'm not going to mention their names, um, but they put software on your computer. If you click on it, this computer will, these search engines track what you're searching for, and they put information, they put programs on your computer to monitor where it is, what you're looking at, 
because they want to know the information about how you shop what you're doing online because they're trying to turn it into a buck. All right? Information is important to people for different reasons and varieties in this age. People, um, people have, in church, sometimes we have questions. Um, where is this verse found in the Bible? Where is that verse found in the Bible? Uh, people will ask, uh, I've had people ask me, uh, whatever happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Where is the Ark of the Covenant at? I don't know, by the way, in case you're curious too. Um, I'd also like to know. I don't know where the Ark of the Covenant is. Um, but anyhow, people ask all kinds of questions. People are hungry for knowledge, information. And we want to know God's Word too. We want knowledge of the world around us. And we want knowledge of other people. We want to know things about ourselves too. God has given us a desire for knowledge. And this has brought about a lot of the conveniences we have around us today. We drive cars because a horse and a buggy wasn't fast enough. We learned how to ride horses because walking wasn't fast enough. And so we rode a horse, but that wasn't fast enough, so then we have cars. Well, cars weren't fast enough, so we have airplanes and helicopters. And I'm sure somebody's working on Star Trek technology so we can just beam stuff to... But we have these desires to have things easier, okay? You know, I think God really did put these desires within us, okay? And, and we have these desires to, to find easier ways, faster ways to do things. And we've come up with all kinds of conveniences for life. But Paul also mentioned in the Bible that there is a knowledge that is evil. Paul said that there is an evil knowledge that puffs itself up and causes pride and brings about arrogance and even division. You know, talking about people's wants, Jesus was very insightful and was able to find out what people wanted, wasn't He? If you go into even the book of Matthew, you can see that there were so many situations where people um, wanted something from Jesus. And if you look through Matthew and look through the other Gospels too, you'll find that Jesus had a way of drawing out of them, getting them to say what it is they wanted, to voice it out loud. Whether it was, and I had some instances here, the centurion who came uh, that his son was ill. You know, the centurion, they worked it. Jesus got him to articulate what it was he wanted. Uh, the woman who was bleeding. Jesus said, who touched me? I felt power go out from me. Who touched me? And she said what it is. He got her to say what it is that she wanted. God is concerned about your wants, by the way. I want you to know that. In case you didn't realize it, God is concerned about your desires and your wants and what it is that you're looking for. Uh, he raised the ruler's daughter. Um, when He healed the, 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 uh, the blind, Jesus knew what people wanted. When the Pharisees came to Jesus, tried to trick Him, trip Him up, talking about you know what's more important to do on the Sabbath, Jesus knew what they wanted. Their intention was to deceive Him and trip Him up. And He was able to deal with them. Jesus was very insightful. And I want you to know, God wants us to be insightful too. And to be aware. And I, I really do feel that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be insightful and discerning and realize what it is that people want and need in a situation. We need to be aware of other people's needs and desires so that we can do our part 
in the kingdom of helping people out. Um, <clears throat> you remember the story? Uh, Pastor had preached on it a couple months back. The, the, uh, the Canaanite woman uh, who came, I believe, was because her daughter was um, demon-possessed. And she said to Jesus, you know, she wanted her daughter healed. Remember Jesus said, um, the crumbs the crumbs are for the children, you know. And she said, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs off the floor. And at first blush and looking at it, it would look like Jesus was speaking very cruelly, doesn't it? But we know that that's really out of character for Jesus to talk to people in such a way. The hard part is, in, in, um, in, 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 in reading the Bible and understanding it, is we don't have video of Jesus. We don't know how he said things. We don't know what he said with a smile on his face. And we don't know what he said seriously. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in looking at that situation where it seemed like Jesus was speaking so cruelly to her because the whole idea that she wasn't Jewish is so out of character that I don't accept it, that Jesus was being uh, cruel. And I know Pastor wasn't espousing that either. But it was a whole idea that I think Jesus was using a little bit of, I don't know what the word is, not sarcasm, but um, there's another lyrical or term for people that write stories. The whole idea of, of Jesus being, is it satire? Is that the word? Satire or sarcasm or something to that effect. But Jesus probably had a smile on his face and was speaking tongue-in-cheek with her in, in, in this interaction with her. Jesus knew what she wanted. And he said, you know what? Your faith has healed your daughter. Simple as that. If Jesus didn't care about her, do you think he would have healed his daughter or healed her daughter? No way. But Jesus cares and is concerned about our wants. God is concerned about your wants and your desires. Okay? So, um, we said knowledge. All right? Um, how about this? Companionship. People want and need companionship. Call it friendship. Call it love. Call it however you want. Uh, we are surrounded by people who are lonely and who need interaction. They need companionship. People who are longing for meaningful relationships. And you know what? How is it? And we all know it, that even at the holidays, what people celebrate to be the happiest time of year, oftentimes is a very painful time of year for people uh, because of... One potential reason is loneliness. God put a desire inside of us to need other people. That's why people join clubs. That's why people enjoy fellowshipping here at church. That's why we are in this fellowship, because God has put a desire inside of us to have meaningful interaction with other people. We need others. We need friends. We need companions. We need people who care about us. Uh, we need people, friends, that we can care about also. It's an important part of life. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 13 through 15, and I'm just going to blaze right through it. He said something very important. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for a friend. You are my friends if you do what I tell. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business Instead, I've called you friends because everything I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. 
God put this desire for interaction into us. It's a good and honest thing, okay? There are also, though, however, potential for bad friendships. Parents are always concerned about their children, especially if they're running with the wrong crowd. And I'm sure that children grow tired of listening to parents' warnings about who they spend their time with. But our friends, and I think maybe more than anyone else, teenagers, youngins, youth group, more than anyone else, our friends influence our character. I've said it to the kids, and I'm sure Ethan has gotten really sick of hearing me say this, but you show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you your future. Do you ever hear the phrase, one rotten apple ruins the whole barrel? I don't know what it is about it, whatever that... Do you ever put your tomatoes in with your bananas to try to get one to ripen the other faster or gotten certain fruits near on... And once it starts to go ripe, it's just like kaboom, it's gone. You know, those bananas went from green to brown instantly. Um, But it's the whole idea that one bad influence can spoil the whole bunch, okay? When a friend, if a friend betrays us, it can be a deflating experience, okay? Relationships can be beneficial, Relationships can be damaging at times, too. Jesus knew what it was like to have a friend betray him. His friend Judas betrayed him uh, unto death. Jesus knew about hurt. Jesus knew about being wronged. But Jesus was also capable and able to love and to establish good, strong Friendship. So, i got to cruise along here. Um, so we, we, we mentioned the first three. How about the fourth one? Love. People want love in this life. Everyone needs to be loved, and we all need to love others. I don't know which one we need more. I'm not sure if I need for you to love me as much as I need to love you. But we need both. To give love and to receive it. When we give love... We run a risk, don't we? We run a risk that the concern and love that we show for people won't be returned. And that can be a frightening experience for some people. Okay? Newsflash, I am not the perfect husband to Stephanie, right? And, now you'll call me a liar, but Stephanie may not be the perfect spouse. No one of us is the perfect person No one of us is the perfect husband. No one of us is the perfect wife. Okay? Um, For the the young people, uh, you know, no one's the perfect best friend. Uh, People can and will disappoint us. Um, I joke with the teenagers that they think that puppy love will last forever. Um, You know, (laughs) they're they're throwing elbows at each other now. but, you know, when we were in... Now, maybe, first, maybe some people married their high school sweetheart. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when we're young, we get into these relationships and we think, oh, I'm in love forever, you know. And a week later, it's, oh, you know. I don't want to discourage teens and make fun of puppy love, but um, anyhow. 
Sometimes we hold back in life. We hold back with family. We hold back with friends because we're afraid of getting our little hearts tramped on and getting hurt, okay? But I want you to know something. We can always count on God. We don't need to hold back with God because God is not going to tromp on your heart. God is not going to step on your feelings. God is in love with you and is committed to you for the rest of your life and in through eternity. Okay, the Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. Next thing, beauty. People want beauty. People need, want, feel the need to want. What was your line, Ethan? We were at the mall and Ethan wanted to go to one of the popular clothing stores. Which one was it? Aeropostale. And what was it? It was something about t-shirts being on sale. And I said, do you, do you need the shirts or do you want the shirts? And what was your line? Ethan said, I feel the need to want these two t-shirts. <laughs> Which really did bring a big smile to my face and made me laugh. <laughs> um... <laughs> People want to be and or feel beautiful or attractive to others. Um, Quite often you can talk to people who are depressed, um, worried about being unloved because they don't fit a certain image. Or people say, oh, you know, something, some portion, some part of their body is not perfect and that makes me unlovable. God made a beautiful world full of beautiful people, okay? He made us. God painted the sky. He painted the fields. He gave us beautiful things to love, beautiful things to behold, because He loves us. And there are people in this world who are beautiful, and these people, there are people in this world that are not so beautiful. And friends, it has nothing to do with what we consider to be whatever It comes from something that starts on the inside and works its way outside. Um, We often joke, uh, um, what's the restaurant? Panera Restaurant. I always say to Stephanie, I feel like I don't belong because that's where the beautiful people of the world um, go to eat. But anyhow, um, the phrase is, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And what I think is beautiful to you, you may not find to be beautiful at all. Okay, But God wants us to know that there is a difference between what people think is beautiful and what really truly is beautiful. Um, there was a movie uh, called Shallow Hell that dealt with all of that. Um, and the whole idea of, of what makes people beautiful. But um, while I may never have outer beauty, we all are capable of being beautiful people by our heart, our conduct, our actions, okay? By the way, God has made everything beautiful in His sight, okay? Uh, Happiness. People want happiness. People need happiness. I talk to people who want to be happy and don't know how to be happy. We tend oftentimes to believe that happiness is found in acquiring things. But happiness has never been found there and never will be. People search frantically, believing the idea that that happiness comes from the abundance of things that we possess. But 
here's something here. Happiness doesn't come from what we possess, but rather happiness comes from what possesses us. God told the wealthy farmer, you fool, this night your soul is required of you, and then who will get all these things that you've stored up? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We hear God's words, but so many times those words don't sink in. So here it is. This is what people are hungry for. Just a few things that I came up with, in my opinion. People hunger for food, knowledge, companionship, love, beauty, and happiness. Now there are other things that we can add to this list that we haven't even touched on. Grace. People hunger for grace and forgiveness and haven't found it yet in life because they haven't met a loving Savior and perhaps they haven't met a Christian yet who has been able to effectively show God's grace to them. Right? People want these things. People hunger for healing, friendship, love, all these things. But Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's the answer, friends. That's the how. That's how God gets it all done. That's how all of my wants, all of your wants, everyone you meet, that is how wants get truly satisfied is through Christ Jesus. God has an inexhaustible account. Can't run it dry. Can't run it into the red. God has untold riches and it's all there for us because of Jesus Christ. So whatever our need is, God has it to give, to fulfill our need. So, will you stand with me, please? Are you hungry for food? Jesus is the bread of life. Are you hungry for knowledge? Are you hungry for food? What are you hungry for this morning? Are you hungry for knowledge and information? Are you hungry for forgiveness? Are we looking for a meaningful relationship? Friendship? Grace? Love? Acceptance? There's no greater love than what God shows towards us. He gave everything He had. He gave it all. He gave Jesus without reservation. God wants to make us beautiful. A beautiful person, full of grace, full of forgiveness, full of mercy for those around us. Are you hungry for healing? God can do it. Are you hungry for happiness? God's the source. I think any one of these hungers and probably a million more are why we, each one of us, is here in this building, this church family. I think we're here because we found something here. We found a Savior who loves and is so committed to us. And you know how we probably found it? was through somebody in this church who expressed it. So we need to remember that we need to go out and convey to people around us God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. You can supply somebody else's need. You can do it. What better place to experience God's grace and healing?